I do have a word for you. Are you ready? I want you to stand up as you open your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. For your iPads, iPhones, Note 3, (laughs) Galaxy S4s. (laughs) Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 28. As I read it for you, go along with me in your Bible. And I want you to just, in your heart, give honor to the Word of God. Amen? Amen. After Jesus has said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there with no one, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, The stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what will bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle your walls. Encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize. Everybody say, did not not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Father, I thank you that this day you are taking us to another level. Father, you're taking us to another level of trust in you. This day, you are taking us to another level in intimacy with you. This day, you are taking us to another level, God, in our destinies, Lord. So, Father, we open our hearts, and we are ready to go with you to another level. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. You know, about a month ago or two, three weeks ago, during one of our all-night prayer, I was sitting here, and I was praying, and I was seeking the face of God, and this is what the Lord says, Sonny, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm like, ready for what, God? Ready for what? Are you ready to go to another level? of trust. And at that time, I felt two different things. One 
excitement. I am so ready, God. And then fear. Oh, oh what am I going to have to go through to uh, get to another level of trust, God? Oh, uh, God, what are you saying? All right. But as I continued to pray, I was so excited. I remember going home, telling Benjamin, Benjamin, God says, God says that he's ready to take us to another level of trust. Can you imagine going to another level in your trust in God? Nothing can move you. Something bad could happen. You can't be moved because you trust God. Some people could come against you. You can't be moved because you trust God. Wouldn't you trust God? There's nothing that you're going to be afraid of. There's nothing that is going to shake you in any way. Hmm? Another level of trust. And then what I realized at that time was when you go to another level of trust in God, you go to another level of thankfulness. Thank you. You get to look at everything that God, thank you. And when you go to another level of thankfulness, guess what? You go to another level of praise. Your praise on your lips and in your hearts, it goes to another level. Hmm? You know, I had prepared a message. I knew I was going to have to preach today because Benjamin was planning to go weeks ago, right, to this conference. So, you know, I, I was preparing and, you know, I'm the type of person who does not wait till the last minute. I don't wait till Saturday night to prepare for a sermon. When I was in college, I don't wait till the, like, night before and stay up all night and write your 20-page paper, right? <laughs> when the professor gives me all these possible topics, that day I choose one and I start to research I'm that type of person. So I had a word for you. Powerful word about burning to see Jesus and about reflecting God's glory and practical ways for you to enlarge God's kingdom as a son and daughter. I was so excited. And then a, a, a day before Benjamin left for L.A., he's like, um, you know this Sunday is a Palm Sunday, right? I'm like, yeah, so? Well, you need to preach. On the triumphal entry of Jesus. I'm like, really? <laughs> Why? It's not like it's Easter. It's not like Resurrection Day. And then you're like, Sonny, as we, you know, as much as we, we celebrate the resurrection power, we got to celebrate the, the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ as a king to Jerusalem. And I was like, hmm. In my heart, I was like, I, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> and you know what? It's not just because I had another powerful sermon prepared, but all my life as a Christian, even as a pastor, when Benjamin preaches on the, on the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday every year, I always had this thing deep inside that bothered me about this passage. You see... Because I know what's to come. These same people who who wave, you know, who wave the palm branches, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, a few days later, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Knowing that, I don't really want to celebrate this. What does that really mean? It's like Stephanie here, one day coming to me, celebrate. 
Pastor Sonny, you're the best pastor in the whole wide world. I devote my life to you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be your armor bearer. And, and I, I celebrate you. I love you. I want all the world to know I will never leave you. And everybody saw that. Right? And of course, it felt good. But what if a few days later she betrays me and tells everybody she's fake? She doesn't even know Jesus. She's, she's a, a, a cultic pastor. Everybody, we, need, we must kick her out. And what if she aroused all of you and you kicked me out of my own church? And then years later, people are coming to me and said, Oh, remember when Stephanie like, celebrated you and how much she was devoted? You need to celebrate that. You need to remember that. What? Did you hear a few days later, how she betrayed me and kicked me out? You want me to celebrate? So to me, it was kind of like that, you know? When I read this portion of, you know, and every Sunday. See, a couple of years ago, Benjamin bought like 100 palm branches, laid it out everywhere. He had us waving it. Remember that? And, you know, I'm an obedient person, so I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. But I'm thinking, what does this really mean? Huh? Those people who shouted, Hosanna, shouted, crucifying him. I couldn't really celebrate Palm Sundays until today. Amen. Until today, because God gave me a revelation. Amen. You know, Friday night, I was right here. I don't have any, I didn't, I didn't have revelation back then. I just had a burden. I have to preach on this. That always bothered me. So I just read it over and over and over again. I just read it, you know, from John and Mark and other passages, you know, in the synopsis, right? I just kept reading it, reading it, reading it. And it still bothered me. After reading 10 times, it still bothered me. God, you want me to celebrate this? They're a heck of faith. You want me to celebrate a heck of fakeness of God's people? Because the scripture said in two places, yeah, it's in John, I think, and then in Luke, that the reason why they did all that is because they saw those same people who saw Hosanna, who shouted Hosanna, were there when God, when Jesus raised Lazarus. They saw miracles, and because of that, they were praising Jesus. And as I'm reading Friday night, I'm getting, I'm still bothered. I'm not, and I was thinking, God. Why can't your children go beyond what you could do for us? How come when you do good things for us, we're like, praise Jesus. God's my provider. He's my father. I love Jesus. And then when we go through something difficult, we're like, yeah. Where were you on Sunday? Yeah, I was struggling. So you, what do you mean? Yeah, see? I'm not a fake. So I can't fake it. You know, I wasn't really feeling it. You know, you know, us Christians, our feelings are rulers. You know, so when people are worshiping, I'm sitting in the corner, right, wearing all my emotions. God, I'm so angry. I'm so hurt by you. you right? But we're all, all like that in different seasons. Yes, yes. We feel, we always, God, do you really love me? How could you let this happen? We are always like this. We're shallow like that. Mm. Hmm? What if I only said I loved you when you brought me boba? Mm. <laughs> but if you bring me boba, I didn't even look at you. 
It's pretty shallow, isn't it? But we are like that in our praise to God. And so I was like, God, I don't want to celebrate this heck of fakeness of your people. You know, me included sometimes, right? I don't want to. Oh, why? can I just preach, you know, what I prepared? Like, do I really have to listen to Benjamin? And then I heard God's voice. He said, Sonny, remember I told you a few weeks ago, it's time to go to another level of trust? He said, yeah. Well, it's time for your people to go to another level of praise. Amen. You see, shallow praise, it's easy. When you're playing in the shallow water, you know, oh, it's enjoyable, it's refreshing, huh? But if somebody calls, you know, that I have in and out for you, or I have boba for you, oh, I could forsake the shallow water, run to my boba and in and out. I like those two things. Right? But what if you were in the deep waters? In and out, boba, huh? What? You, can, you know, even you can't easily come out. Deep praise. When you're in the deep praise, even if the enemy is waving at all these different things, you can't really hear him because you are in deep waters of your praise. God said, it's time to take my people to another level of praise. I said, okay, that's good. But God, now I can celebrate that here now. But I still can't get over the fact that 2,000 years ago, these heck of fake people waving palm branches. And then every year, we still have to celebrate that. And you know, a revelation didn't come till last night, well, this morning, after midnight. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to go to another level of praise. But then I'm still struggling with this heck of fakeness of what happened 2,000 years ago, right? And this is what God said this morning. Sonny, remember when I told you your life is not your own? Mm. Uh, yeah. Remember when I told you that your life is prophetic? Mm. Uh, yeah. Remember I told you that you have been crucified with Christ and you no longer live, but Christ lives in you? Yeah. yeah. Remember when I make you do prophetic prayer? When you have pain, you don't accept it as your own, but you stand in the gap and you declare it? Yeah. Remember I told you when you couldn't conceive for eight years, that was a prophetic sign? Oh, yeah. Remember I told you when you conceived Alethea and had Alethea, that was a prophetic sign to my people? Oh, yeah. Remember when I told you to move into a six-bedroom house that you didn't want to move into? And I told you you must to be a prophetic sign of my blessing upon my people? Yeah. Okay, where are you going, God? Um, remember in the scripture, prophet Agabus, huh? that he came to Judea and he took Paul's belt and he tied his own hands and said, this is what is going to happen to the owner of this belt. That was a prophetic action. Huh? Remember Isaiah, my, my prophet, long, long time ago, do you remember I made him live for three years but naked as a prophetic sign to Egyptians? That just like my prophet Isaiah lived but naked. That's how 
these people are going to carry you out into slavery, but naked. Can you imagine Isaiah eating naked? Walking down the street naked? Standing in front of you preaching naked, prophesying naked? Shoot, we would totally be arrested if we did that. Uh-huh. And they would totally send us to John George, right? <laughs> and we say, God told me to do it. God told me to do it. Oh, yeah, 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 911, right? But Isaiah had to do it because that was the voice of God, right? And God started to talk to me about all these prophetic acts. And then, ah, ha came. And now, from today, I am able to celebrate Palm Sunday from today on. Because what God told me was even my sons had to do prophetic actions. Mm. You know, prophetic action is prophetically declaring what it is in heaven that's not yet on earth. Amen. You see, Jesus was already a king in heaven. Yes. But when he came down, they did not recognize him as a king. Mm. And so you know, him going on a donkey entering into Jerusalem was a prophetic sign, prophetic action, prophetic dramatization of kingdom reality. Amen. And it's also prophetic because one day, one day, people will arise and recognize Jesus as their king. Amen. Prophetic dramatization. You know, when you prepare for a play or a drama, you need props, don't you? You know, when Alethea was preparing last year for her Christmas, you know, drama at school, I mean, dresses and stars and, you know, a big board with writings on it. Like, you have to prepare it in advance. And, you know, with this revelation, I reread this passage, and I realized, wow, wow, God. Nobody recognized Jesus as a king. And so Jesus was prophetically acting out. It was a prophetic action, dramatization. I'm a king. So many of us, God tells you, you're mighty. God tells you, you will be successful. God tells you, you are, you are almighty. You, yeah, not almighty. You are mighty daughter, mighty son. But then, you know, nobody recognized you as a mighty person. And so when nobody recognized you, what do you do? You question did God really say that? No, I'm not really mighty. I'm not really godly. I'm not really this. I'm not really that. But God, Jesus did this to show us. You see, I'm a real king. I, I'm God. Yeah. I came here but nobody recognized me. But you know what? That did not move me. And I prophetically declared and I prophetically dramatized on earth what is in heaven. And one day, believing that people will arise that will recognize me as their king. Amen. Props are necessary for dramas and plays, huh? And then what I realized was when Jesus sent those two disciples to go get the colt, that was his prop number one. Mm-hmm. Prop number one. He needed a donkey. You know why? Because historically, if a king entered a city on a white horse, it means war. I'm here to fight you. But when the king enters a city riding a donkey, it means peace. Mm. I'm, I'm not here to fight you. I, I come in peace. And so he needed a donkey, right? And so his disciples went and got the donkey. And they sat him on there and he started to walk. He started to go towards Jerusalem. 
And then, you know, I could see him in advance talking to the palm trees. Make sure you bear enough palm branches. Make sure it's green and lush, you know, declaring. And by that time, there were so many palm branches. You know, he made sure when people woke up, they had a cloak over them. Huh? That cloak is another prop that got prepared. And even this heck of fake people, right, who could, you know, shout opposite things in a few days, they were God's props also, right? And so now, you know, these people are, are saying, oh, right, uh, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, huh? Declaring, it's like a coronation, huh? They are declaring Jesus as king at that moment, even though they did not recognize him as king, hmm? And then another prop is Pharisees. Pharisees were like, Jesus, you better, you better, you better uh, rebuke those disciples, you know? They're treating you as a king and God. That's not okay. And what does Jesus say? His next prop. He makes sure by that time and that and that path, when the Pharisees were gonna ask him, he made sure that there was a rock right there where he could point point to. You see that rock? If they stop, those rocks are gonna cry out. Because I am a king. Amen. And then I see the dramatization, the drama ends as he looks down and sees Jerusalem. Listen to this. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Why? He loved it. These were his people. But it says, because they did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Dramatization ends when his heart is hurting because these people, he knows, they're a heck of faith. They're a heck of faith. These God already knew. Jesus already knew. They were going to shout, crucify him, crucify him. And when I saw that as a prophetic dramatization, wow, God, you needed to use props. But today... 2,000-something years later, you don't need a prop. Because mm, we're going to arise. Mm-hmm. And it's not a play, but in reality, we're going to say you are our king. We're going to declare Hosanna. And it's not a play. It's a reality in our lives, God. Hmm? It's time to go to another level. And everybody say another level. <laughs> it's time to go from shallow praise to deep praise. Hmm? Where your praise is not dependent upon situations and how much God blesses you and how much people are nice to you or how much you have in your bank account. Even if you're not feeling anything, you are making sure that you are are staying in the deep praise. You know what I realized? Jesus wept. For his people because they did not recognize Jesus. And people that are in the shallow, live in the shallow praise, they're not able to recognize Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was maturity versus immaturity. If you are mature, you are able to recognize the presence of God mm-hmm. in your life. But if you are immature, 
You cannot recognize the presence of Jesus even when he's standing right next to you. Maturation process. How do we mature? You don't just one day wake up mature. When you are young, your parents and people, your grandparents and your teachers taught you how to mature. When Alekia was first born, guess what? I changed her diapers, poo-poo and pee-pee, and I was not mad at her. But as she grew older, I said, Alekia, you're a big girl now. You could use the toilet. Huh? And I taught her, you open it up, you sit down, you get this much of toilet paper, you can wipe yourself now. Huh? When she was young, I fed her everything. As she got older, Olathea, now you're a big girl. You see, you hold your spoon like this and put it in your mouth. She made a mess. We laugh. Oh, that's so cute. But once she got older and she made a mess, Olathea, you're a big girl now. You don't have to throw food away. You could put it in your mouth. Olathea, <laughs> you see, this is a, a napkin. Okay, you, you could wipe yourself. Do it. Alethea, you're a big girl now. Now you have to learn how to share. Alethea, you can't talk to people like that. When she was a baby, she used to slap you. Did anybody get slapped by her? Yeah, pull your hair? Yeah. When she was a baby, I couldn't, uh, sorry, you know, don't take it personal. But as she got older, Alethea, I don't care. How you feel? You cannot hit people like that. You cannot pull their hair. Alethea. You can't talk to mommy like Alethea. And you know what? As I taught her, she matured according to her age. (laughs) But you know what hit me as I was preparing for this message? So many of us that are immature in certain area, we use our lap in the past as an excuse. What nobody taught me when I was young. And so that's why I lash at you when I'm mad. Hmm? Right? And so what I realized was, hey, if a lady, if a child could learn how to mature as an adult, as a 23-year-old, as a 35-year-old, as a 47-year-old, as a 57-year-old, as a 65-year-old, as an adult, it should be a lot easier for you to learn. Huh? You can learn how to wipe yourself emotionally. You should learn. It should be a lot easier for you to clean up after yourself now that you're an adult. Come on. But so many of us say, we give an excuse. I, nobody was there for me. Nobody taught me. I was alone when I was hurt. And so now, this is who I am. Accept me or get out of my life. So we, you know what I realized though? That's immaturity. Immaturity isn't something like a bad word. It just means the area that you're supposed to grow, you didn't grow. Huh? And you know what? It's not never too late. You can learn the things that you didn't learn when you were a child now. Hmm? And what I realized was a lot of us in those areas where we are immature, it's because we, can't, we, we are not able to recognize the presence of God. You know, in Philippians, Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to all men. The Lord is near. You know, if you're in a room and you're really mad at your husband or your roommate or your wives and 
and you're so free, you could be, I told you not to do that. You could do that, right? But what if right when you were about to lose it, I enter. Benjamin and I walk in the room. Hi, Pastor. Because you recognize us as your pastor. If our presence, the recognition of our presence could change your action, how much more if you are able to recognize the presence of Jesus? Even when there's nobody around, no small group leaders, no pastors around, in your own bedroom, so many husbands and wives, we say the most heart-crushing words, right? Been there, done that, right? It's because in that moment, we were not able to recognize the presence of God. Maturity, you know? It's really hard to offend mature people. If I came and I just slapped Frances out of nowhere, uh, right? Now, if she's mature, she's like, of course, she's like, ow, what's going on, right? And then because she's so much, she's like, oh, my gosh, this is so not Pastor Sunny. What happened to her? Oh, my gosh, what's going on with my pastor? Oh, God. And she'll be praying for me. (laughs) Right? But if you're immature, I slap you, you'll be like, slapping you back. How dare you? Right? But you know what? That's not only that, if you're immature emotionally, okay, I'm not even slapping you. I'm actually loving you. Right? I'm not even doing anything to you. But you get offended and hurt. You you didn't call me. You didn't hug me. You didn't look at me when you walked by. You you did this or you didn't do this, right? So immaturity gets offended. Maturity is unoffended. Hmm? Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 11, it says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You're an adult. Tell your neighbor, you are an adult. Time to put away childish things. Time to go to another level of maturity. You know, I when I was in seventh grade, I had this box full of Barbie dolls and the clothes and you know and I love them. I, I used to like um, I used to you know get as many as I can, right? And and I'm, I love my Barbie dolls. But when I went into seventh grade, like I felt weird playing with it. You know, it, like I was still attached to it, but I felt like this ain't right. But I like it. But I don't want anybody to see. And then after a while, I was like, oh, I don't. Uh-huh. I don't want this anymore. Mom, can you buy me a, 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 a purple journal with, you know, with the, with the key so nobody could read what I'm writing, right? So, like, as I grew, I put away the childish things, and I matured even in play, right? Another level. So many of us think like a child, even though we're an adult. So many of us hold on to childish reactions, even though we're adults. But God is saying, you want to go to another level? Time to put away those childish 
things. Amen? Amen. You may be thinking, where, where are you going, Pastor? I thought we are talking about Palm Sunday here. Right? But, you know, God is wanting us to take us to another level. Huh? Another level of maturity so that you're not just a crop. Maybe 2,000 years ago, those people were crops. Because they uh, crop. Because a uh, crop, I mean, what did I say? Crop. Oh, let's go farming, huh? Crop. <laughs> crop. <laughs> right? Because their hearts were heck of faith. Because their praise was shallow. Right? But you have a choice. Do you want to remain a prop? Where you remain in shallow praise and you go in and out depending on situations or your feelings. Or you say, God, I don't want to be a prop anymore. But I'm going to be real. This is a reality. This is not a drama. This is not a dramatization. This is real. I have relationship with you. And I'm going to go deeper and deeper and deeper in my praise to you. Hmm? It's time to go to another level, another level where you, your heart is unoffendable. Choosing to be not moved by any storms that come your way. I was talking to somebody earlier this morning, and she said, you know, nobody knows this, but, but I've been writing a book, and I got contacted by a publisher last week. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that's another level! I was like, I'm going to preach on another level! And that's another level! And she's like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. And you know what? It's one thing to live out a testimony. Amen. You are sick and God heals you. Yes. And it's another level when you are able to stand in front of people and testify. Amen. But you know what? Writing a book and publishing it is another level. Everybody say another level. About a month ago, God told me, Sonny, two years ago, I gave Living Hope Isaiah 60 as a promise. Mm -hmm. But in 2014, I'm going to manifest all the promises that I've given you in Isaiah 60. Mm -hmm. And then he gave me this word, upgrade blessing. Oh, shit. A great blessing. And immediately I thought of like sitting on the plane in the back economy coach, right? Like all, right? And the upgrade is like going to business and first class with your leg. Whoa, you know, they bring the food and like nice plates and, right? Upgrade blessing God. And he said, yes. Remember Isaiah 60. Hmm? Instead of bronze, I will bring you gold. Instead of iron, I will bring you silver. Instead of wood, bronze. And instead of stones, iron. Upgrade blessing is coming. But in order for you to possess the upgrade blessing, you must first go to another level in your spiritual maturity. You need to go away from the shallowness of your praise to deep waters of deep praise where you are not moved. Your praise is not changed because of your feelings or situation. Today is a Palm Sunday, right? It is when people are recognizing King, Jesus as their King. Coronation. Hmm? Declaring, you have all the authority over us. You reign over us. You are our King. Hmm? And today, I want you and I you and I to say, God, this is not a, 
We're not a prop anymore. This is not a dramatization. But what you did prophetically 2,000 years ago, this is a reality now. We recognize you as our king. You know, we've been going through, today is our 15th day of 21 days of prayer. It's been powerful, huh? Who's been coming? So powerful. So powerful. But you know what God said? Sonny, taking back your testimony is crucial before you go to another level. Mm, amen. Even in video games, you can't go to another level unless you beat that level. You can't say, I'm tired of this level. Let me go to a, a level 16. No, you better beat level 15 before you could go to level 16. But so many of us, levels way before, we're at 16, but level 15, level 13, level 11, all the victories that we had, we had, we allow the enemy to steal our victories. And God is saying through these 21 days of your prayer, go back to those levels. Take back your testimony and come back to this level. Then you are able to go to another level. Amen. Have a good chapter 3, verses 17 through 19 says this. And I just pray that your heart would praise and your heart will agree with the prophet Habakkuk. It says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no hurt in the stalls, yet, everybody say, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high heels. Amen. Everybody say another level. Another level. Aren't you ready for another level? Yes. Aren't you tired of living in that old level? Huh? Are you ready? I want you to stand up in his presence right now. And determine within your heart. God, I'm not staying back. You're taking your people to another level. I'm going to go with them, God. I'm not, not going to be the one left behind. Another level. Come on, say it. Another level, God. I want you to allow God to take you to another level of trust. You know, your trust. The enemy almost took away your trust in God. Because of what you went through. Take it back right now.